And Yamashita san, uh, well, not Yamashita san, uh, before Yamashita Tatsuro became Yamashita Tatsuro, during Sugar Babes, since uh, Yamashita Tatsuro san was a leader of that band, and Sugar Babes' first record uh, songs, songs. Was it was produced one. by uh, Otaki H san. So I think Otaki H san gave him an idea or producer role. a direction kind direction. of direction like point him in that direction like it well like he so if you study yamashita tatsuro's history i actually there's there's not many info like i went i went both japanese wikipedia and english wikipedia but like you know yamashita tatsuro-san he he studied uh music publishing and copyright law during his college university time um, the funny thing was when Sugar Babe was active, they were poor. <laughs> they were all poor. Like, a, like many like artists who were just starting, like they started poor, right? Yamashita Tatsuro-san was making money making music for commercials. He was like jingles, the only guy, like making jingles and stuff. Yeah, he was making jingles. So like the funny thing was when other members were struggling, was <laughs> like was like Taiko Onuchi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Onuki Taiko-san. She didn't release anything till 1970s. Right, Sun Shower, yeah, no, yeah. I think till seventy eight. Or I'm not sure. I, yeah, I like, look. but like you know, there there's a gap between Sugar Babe and her solo. But like Yamashita Tatsuro San, because like you know, he studied the producer role from Otaki H San. He was like doing chorus work for other people's music and he started doing arrangement mm. and uh he was making jingles for commercials right. so like you know he he actually he's like a really strategic guy like you know he, he is like you know he the funny thing was he was making money doing making music for other people but like you know, he wasn't really fruitful with his own music right. actually he he wasn't according to wikipedia like you know now in the hindsight like you know now we love every work that he did but like you know un up till like right on time his music wasn't like a big hit. more obscure than mm, mainstream well like, yeah like you know it, like you know he, he was he was active but like you know he, he wasn't like a popular artist like you know until like you know he got a huge hit when right. he released right on time like exactly. he, he, but like you know he was he was doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff right um but like you know it's it's kind of funny but like you know he was making living making doing music <laughs> right. while other members were like you know sh struggling. struggling that's yeah. sad um <laughs> but i mean that, that almost kind of reminds me of the whole maria takeuchi thing because maria takeuchi uh, uh, she, uh her plastic love single mm. which is like the mega hit of like today mm. uh was it wasn't even in like or or like top 100 for the year mm -hmm. so it's more popular now than it was actually when it was released which is amazing to me and uh and as much as i love yamasha uh, mm -hmm. uh you know i i want to save him because i we have a huge episode coming up uh next time but right. we're just gonna focus on him yeah so mm -hmm. uh you know i i really think that uh yeah, that, that get... city pop sound especially mm -hmm. you know it, it it was definitely defined by uh yamashita and uh you know otaki but um right. Later on, I think uh, at the start of the 80s, right. I think that's when City Pop was really just starting to like blossom. We had, mm. you know, Toshiki Harumatsu, mm. Ohashi Junko, right. uh, you know, uh, Momoko Kikuchi. Uh -huh. All these other artists were starting to borrow the characteristics that Sugar Babe and Tim Pan Alley right. and Happy End uh, kind of set into motion. And then this is like the echo of all of that starting in the 80s. Mm. I think Sugar Babe's songs, I think right now people look at it as the first city pop record but i think that record kind of created a spark like if you a listen sparkle, sp <laughs> sparkle. <laughs> no like like it kind of sparked the inspiration for city but if you listen to it, like what well, he actually there i found an article saying like sugar babe song he actually want he that was his take on sixties music, mm. like uh like that was like his take on like Beach, Beach Boys. Boys and then like not not so much Beatles like he actually got more influence from American music, uh Blue Eyes Soul music, um, beat and Beach Boys definitely and uh and James Brown, 
if you listen to his first three records, it's actually, to me, it sounds more like Motown than actually like a... Definitely, yeah. yeah. You know, like Windy Lady, uh, mm. that's really like... Dun, 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 dun. You could tell he is like, he has a really good ear for bass. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, he's a drummer, so he has that rhythmic yeah. kind of like timing that's really good. Do you know Windy Lady is a song about Chicago? What? <laughs> I mean, you know, I would always start my. Uh, I used to DJ at Punch House below Talia uh, Hall, and every time I'd start, that would be like the first song I'd play, uh, only because it's like sets a mood and it's so groovy. I didn't know that was about Chicago. Yeah, it's a. It's he liked that word Windy City, and like you know, he he kind of did That's a so word cool. play. Yeah, well, I well like you know, I if you listen something. to, do, do you know Stepper music? Stepper music. It's like you know, four on a floor feel good oh, yeah. okay yeah, that's yeah. like a chicago that's like a chicago original r&b music um like you can hear that from like you know i, I kind of don't want to mention his name but like don't, you know don't, don't, but don't. like r kelly is kind of like you know you like mentioned a, it no <laughs> why'd you say like, that name but, but like you know you know like joe r kelly like mm. you know if, like mm. if you listen to 90s R&B, like, you know, it has that, like, you know, good slow right. floor on the floor. Like, they, 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 people in Chicago, the gospel and the R&B people, they call it Steppard's music. Okay. But, like, you know, so if you know that genre and if you listen to Windy Lady, it's, I'm, I'm like, I actually right didn't even think mm. about it. I, I started, like, I was like, Windy Lady is, like, supposed to be Chicago. And then, like, it was that mindset and I listened to it. I'm mm. like, oh, my gosh, this is actually a Steppard music. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I could totally see that. He was definitely instrumental in creating that mm. sound. But I think... People like Toshiki Karamatsu uh -huh. uh, kind of started refining that sound. Yes. And started doing because Toshiki Karamatsu also worked with Anri, and I, I met her actually when she was here in Chicago. Right, right. Super, really nice lady. Uh -huh. um, and I think, uh, you know, going into the 80s, you know, obviously Sugar mm. Babe wasn't around anymore. Right. Uh, uh, Tatsuro was doing his solo stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know, Taiko was doing her solo stuff. Right. And then Maria was coming on the scene also, right. um, and Minako Yoshida was also, mm -hmm. that's also another subject we'll talk about next mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But I think at the start of the 80s, uh, it was almost like a pop influence, uh, less folksy, less mm -hmm. like Beach Boysy, and right. more pop music, more disco, more funk, more jazz, right. but combination, like fusion. Well, like in those 19s, like, like the 70s era 1978 or something that's like J japanese uh synthesizer company roland start releasing 808 drum oh, machine yeah, of course um juno synthesizer jupiter synthesizer the funny thing is a lot of like techno music and they were using a lot of japanese product and then since like you know these synthesizers and drum machine it's, it's all japanese made yamashita tatsuro's sound was like one of the early adapters to use because they had and, access to well, all like, of that early, like, right? because he he was more like a studio maestro than actually like a live performer he kind of considered himself more like a studio right producer than mm. actually um uh actual live performer even though his live performance is awesome Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I like, saw the uh, the joy, mm -hmm. the live performance. That was really cool. Yeah, like you know, there's 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 not many videos of, of him performing, but like he, if you see his performance, or think that you can find like audio of his live performance, it's pretty spot on. Like you know, he, it sounds almost exactly like a record, or even better. Yeah. Probably even better. Even yeah. better because like you know. The, the musician that plays behind him are like top class jazz musicians so like they they're kind of like playing around like you know like improvising around the music so like you know there's more details that mm. you don't hear in right. the original because you exactly. just like you know like this happens a lot with like you know r&b and jazz musicians record um yamashita tatsuro-san had a he wanted to be a jazz musician, but like you know, he 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 thinks he's a mediocre musician. So I think any really good artist always thinks they're mediocre. Like, <laughs> right, no one right, ever right. thinks highly of themselves. Right, right, right. Like, would, you know, like, they, they never get comfortable with themselves. Right. Like they that, always that's want. That's what marks like, like a really like uh, a good artist. You know, right, like, they're right. never complacent. But like you know, he he ha, he 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 always he always wanted to. He had an ambition wanting to be. He wanted to 
have a control of the instrument like jazz musician so he he always had like a strong jazz musician playing behind mm-hmm. him but like for the record they're you know since he had a strong vision like he, he he's kind of like a control freak so like in, right. in the record like you know it's really controlled and it's just, it's him but like you know at when when the live when he does live performances he kind of like let the his musician, the people who, that plays behind him, they they, they he kind of like let shine. them. They, they kind of let him go on him, do yeah. whatever, like right. you know. So like you know, so like if you listen to his record, it's like uh, live performances. It, it's his singing and the guitar playing is like spot on, but like the guys around him is just like doing a lot of crazy thing that you don't really hear in the right. original recordings. Yeah, I can see that jazzy element to it, and I think that's another reason why like mm. city pop has that kind that like really comfy feeling because it mm. has jazz elements mm. and it makes jazz accessible mm. in a pop format. Right, right, and right, that right. I think is like really rare, and mm. I I don't think it carried enough into popular music where uh, mm. it should have. Because popular music started like I think at the end of the '80s, like it started becoming more house musicy, more like just loops and stuff like that. And it wasn't they didn't have enough breaks and chops that the jazz music had at the time. And right, right, I right, think right. another really amazing city pop artist that almost everyone knows, you know, Mamiya Takako. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has that, that album Love Trip, mm-hmm. and uh, she only had the one album, which I think is just like. A, a terrible terrible waste of talent because she was an amazing <laughs> singer uh, um i mean that 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 jazz album uh, it, it almost defines city pop uh, fu- jazz fusion right for right. me and i think city pop jazz fusion is uh like cassiopeia like that's another band uh, uh, where they were taking jazz elements to uh, it and they were you know they were expanding on it and making it accessible to just a- right. everyone right 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 do you like Steely Dan? Of course. I yeah. mean, who doesn't? Yeah, like, well, like, you know, some people think they're boring because I think they're a little bit too, in, tell, like, too, too complicated. Really? Well, like, you know. I guess it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But, like, you know, I think, like, you know, maybe Steely Dan is not a good example. But, like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, because jazz music and even classical music, you kind of have to be educated to understand what's really going on. And like city pop music kind of made that accessible. Right. And like, you know, now I'm going to talk about like more, more like music theory. But before like, before like city pop came and started using like a jazzy feeling, it was like major, could they, people use like simple major and minor chords. So it was just like happy or Sad. sad but like you know jazz chords they so like they, they, use, modes. They, 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 they use more complicated chords than just right. major and minor exactly so that's why like you know like it kind of have this like sentimental feeling it's a little bit happy but has right. a little bit it's of compli- sad. complicated it's sad kind of, feelings yeah, yeah. Like so melancholy like, so like you know i think like as a time progressed like you know people because like you know before 80s 60s and 70s like it was a little bit more obvious like you know like the mood was a little bit more obvious but like you know people always want to more as like you know like right like you know when people get introduced to a new thing they want like you know as a time progress they want to have more details so like you know i think it was a perfect timing that like you know yamashita tatsuro-san came out and he started adding these like jazz elements to it and right. like, people starting i'm like oh there's there's more feeling than just happy and right. sad <laughs> but, but the irony to that is that in, in you know mid 80s i think like after 85 mm. in the west one with madonna and mm. all of these like popular mm like a new wave artist stuff uh-huh. like that things started getting more like dumbed down more like generic uh commercial uh-huh. and i think that almost translated into you know japanese people started picking up on that uh-huh. and music didn't have as much jazz element it didn't have like alt rock element it had right, more right, right. just like uh studio right, right. uh like um elements that were just not as like uh non-radio friendly everything was more like just bland almost after right, 85 right, right. right because i think like you know the that's when like you know music videos started to come out mtv and MTV. stuff like that well like the funniest thing was that like, yamashita tatsuro-san was also the for one of the early adapters to recognize like you know music 
by itself is not enough. You need to have like visual, right? All that kind of stuff too. So like, well, like you know, I I look at pop music kind of like action movies, like <laughs> because like you, you, if you want to have more people to listen to it, then like you know the the the. The, the specificity well like you know i think it starts to, be to become like, like you know less it, it starts to become level out mm. like you know so that like you it it's not sophisticated i don't want to say not sophisticated but it becomes a little bit more obvious right you know because like you, in order to have more people to agree on something it should be a little bit more obvious exactly right like you know that's why like you know Sugar pop, pop music sells because it's like you know easy. Like you, you don't a, yeah, to, you don't have to think about it too you much. Have, you it's don't need anybody to explain background. it to you. But I mean, I, and I think uh, the, the reason I like City Pops is specifically is because it makes you think more. Like even though it's it's feeling based music, and um, a lot of people don't know Japanese, like mm-hmm. the quality of it and the way the tone is, the right. way the singing is, you can feel. The intention through how they're like performing it, the melodies and instrumentation, it, it's like a language in itself. And uh, that I think is, it ties back to what you were saying. Like, you know, it transcends barriers, language barriers, mm-hmm. and it's like a, a, lang- a music language. But why do you think specifically people in the West like city pop? Because you're Japanese. Well, I think it's because I'm, I'm gonna go back to Circus Town, but like he wanted to, he he wanted to take it to a next level, and he hired the Four Seasons arrangement, and like he wanted to have like a specifically the Western sound, like mm. when he made. So that he arrangement. wants to appeal to the West, right? No, from no, the no, start? not necessarily. Not necessarily. He just wanted to make something that, like you know, something that Japanese people couldn't mm. make. Um, so like you know, he came to he made that record in L.A. and New York. The crazy thing was like you know that record was made in like. 15 days or something like that. They're, they're, oh. Like, you know, if you if you go to the Japanese Wikipedia, you, there's you can see the the schedule. They they they, they posted a schedule of the recording, even by dates, and they 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 show you like this day they recorded a guitar and drum mm. and bass because like you know, it, it, the, I'm gonna go a little bit off topic, but back then they recorded everything. There there's even a book. Of Beatles recording, there's like a whole complete uh, blueprint and like mic setup and like you know what was recorded, like really sophisticated detail is like you know do- documented and like you know they turned it into a book. So like back then they recorded, like you know they documented everything. So like you know you can actually like you know pinpoint like what exactly he did and but like you know that record was made in like two weeks or something. Crazy. But like you know. I mean, like you know, it. There, there was like time between, like you know, they recorded something this day one day, and like you know, they took a break for like a few days, and like went back into the studio mm. and did did that. But like by total, it's only like it won't like two weeks or a little bit more than That's that. It's amazing. Yeah. It doesn't even sound like it. In well, yeah, but like you know, so like I think he wanted to take it to a next level. Like he was the first person to take that step like you know before that the japanese music scene was just like happening inside japan but like you know he was like the first one of the first person to go to west like you know come to so he went physically to like uh the u.s to like yeah like you know what like because he wanted to get that western sound and he hired just western people Mm. and but like you know that circus sound that's the that kind of people listen to it like you know and they kind of took that i mean like you know yamashita tatsuro san he 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 does a lot of behind the scenes stuff like you know a lot of people don't really know but like he makes he like sugar babes 
they they like when they were poor, one way to make money they they were like playing behind other people, like other people's, or like you know Yamashita Tatsuro san like did a lot of coursework. So like you know he 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 was like when he, first for a few of his records, first few records and Sugar Babes like you know I, I was saying earlier that like you know they. He wasn't that popular to the mass, but like he was known in the behind the scene world. Right. So like a lot of people wanted to have him as a ranger. People wanted to have him to do jingle. So he 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 kind of like created did a groundwork to to make the, the city pop sound to do the right. city pop sound. Right. So that's like, why he's know, the king of city pop. Yeah, like so like you know I think it's really important that like he actually came to U.S. and like you know made a record just using American musician right. and like and he brought that back to Japan. Like his second record, uh, what what's uh, what what what's the second record? Uh, oh no, I need Spacey. Oh, Spacey, Spacey. The funniest thing was so like so when he made Spacey, he never came back to U.S. He just built he, on what he already knew like well like you know, he, yeah like he so he he asked a ranger guy give him like since he paid him like he's like give me all the score give me all the, like you know score right. that you did mm -hmm. and he brought all that back and he studied it for like a year he mm. just like you know analyzed the score and like you know okay see i see this is how he's doing the arrangement and all that and like and so on spacey he only had the same arranger worked on one or two songs, but like rest he arranged it by himself. So, and like the funniest thing is like Spacey is like, I think he, I, I mean like, I love that album, but it's kind of funny. I I think he went a little bit too far because like there's like songs like he, there's no band, it's just <laughs> piano and orchestra. I love that. I know I love that. He's getting really avant garde almost, and yeah. uh, that kind of yeah. stuff is like I, I thought. I just I just recently got that album yeah. and it's 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 amazing and I think it's, it's a cool album. And his third record, the funniest thing is like he saw it was like oh like I think I went a little bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of took it back to like he went back to the band sound. Mm, right. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so city pop, the the term. Mm. Hot, I mean, I remember looking at City Pop and I read an article uh, and that's how I got the, the, mm -hmm. the term and that's why I started calling my mixes City Pop 1, 2, 3. Right. Uh, and it was based on this. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the, there was an article about they called it City Pop. Uh, but it, it, was this like a common term? It was or like, like a term for that was used in um, like people who wrote articles about music. And I think it was a term that was used in... Uh, industry it wasn't like the term that was used like to like a regular listeners were using mm. it was kind of more like uh when they do a music production we want to get that city pop sound mm. and like you know they you know like when they say that um it's uh, it's like you you instantly imagine like a funk guitar sound and slap bass sound right. and like r&b influenced drum pattern and all mm. that so yeah, it's, it was like that so like you know they are certain go-to sound or like you know the specific tone that people use in city pop like you know mm. like you know same thing was like you know when you say heavy metal like you instantly imagine double pedal kick drum right. and like distorted mm -hmm. guitar so like it was kind of like you know it's people kind of use that use the term city pop to describe the sound that sound in but japan in japan but it's more it's used more now than it was back then yes i think that people are using it more now than back then isn't that weird like how like yeah a genre resurfaces as something uh, else later on right like, and i don't think it was even a genre to begin with because when i first started making my mixes mm. like i was just kind of like listening to a lot of japanese artists mm. and uh you know looking for a couple elements and i would tie those elements together and i would bring it together like i brought you know one of my first mixes i tied in miki matsubara mm. uh maria takeuchi uh you know uh, uh toshiki karumatsu mm. and i kind of just all labeled it city pop and right. then that's that was the first mix on youtube that had all of these artists together featured together right right never before had all these artists been grouped together before i kind of started doing that right and then i just labeled a city pop yeah yeah and then, yeah, then yeah. little by little you know other people started you know catching on before you know mm. it there's like all these other people who were calling it city pop too right 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 i think 
I think back then they just called it pop music. Then Japan is a little bit similar to Jap Japanese music scene is a little bit similar to American music scene when certain sound hits like you know they kind of milk it as long as they can <laughs> like anybody yeah you want to make money and, uh, you know so now like i think when we say city bob i think we're describing the music that was happening in early 80s and mid 80s mm. yeah like the bubble economy like uh, mm. i mean because whenever you talk about city pop you have uh. to talk about the bubble economy right because right, japan right. was at the time like right. it was a major superpower right, right. it was in like popular culture right, it was right, in right. movies in the west right, everybody right. knew that japan was like oh my god the place to go right i recently watched back to the future and there's a scene <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're talking about there's a, in, the, in the third one like you know uh, <laughs> Doc was like, oh, no wonder this thing failed. This is made in Japan. Like, <laughs> like in the Marty's like, what are you talking oh about? Like, you know, all the best thing is made oh in Japan. <laughs> and like, you know, it's so funny. Like, you know, I, nobody probably caught this besides me, but like Marty, when he auditioned and for his like high school prom, he's holding Ibanez guitar and that's Japanese made guitar too. <laughs> Like, look at that. I mean, all the synthesizers are made in Japan. Yeah, like, all the uh, synthesizers are made in Japan. There's and... something about, like, you know, um, mm. Japanese people and, like, very intricate music design that's mm. really, like, on, like, brand. I don't, right, I don't right, know. right. It's a really cool thing. They don't really make anything original, but they like to take other people's idea and take it as far as they can <laughs> you know that's an interesting statement because i was reading about like shinto and how mm. at some point like when buddhism was introduced to shintoism like uh there the japanese people have always been able to balance two disparate ideas right. and kind of mix it and so i think yeah city pop is almost like this direct uh like idea that came mm. from that so japanese people can do two things at right. once and they could balance western culture yeah, yeah, with yeah. like japanese like creativity and just yeah. fuse it together and that's always been like one of the japanese like characteristics yeah shinto is okay to believe in other religion too mm -hmm. exactly you know, like you, know, you can so like japanese people have like you know have like a little bit of shintoism thinking and buddhism thinking it's really yeah like you know they, they're 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 open-minded about taking in ideas and try to utilize both like you know the best what, of, yeah mm -hmm. best of like you know both worlds or and like, I, I see that in architecture in like mm -hmm. the food the, like the, the uh -huh. like there's all so much about japanese culture that uh -huh. is fusion based right and it's almost like poetic that they would be able to do the same thing to music mm -hmm. and i think that's where city pop is really born uh-huh Speaking of food, I'm gonna go a little bit off topic. But like, <laughs> we always like talking about food. Come yeah, on. yeah, no, no, no. like, uh, like, j j j like the thing I don't understand. Uh, I've been talking about this with some, like you know pe people in Murasaki, but like the thing I don't understand is like people, like j Japanese people in Chicago, they tend to hate American sushi rolls. Oh, California, California rolls. Oh my god, Godzilla uh, rolls. Oh, Godzilla. Those are the best. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's. I'm like, why are you hating on it? Like, you know, because. Japanese Italian food, like you know, or any ethnic food, they like to put their own twist and of turn course, into their yeah. own thing, and like, and I think it's a double standard that, like, you know, yeah. like you know, pe people in in yeah. states tend, well, to, tend to hate on the, like. You know, I mean, <laughs> Japanese people refined Western music, but did you know the West really refined sushi? I, I don't know. That's that's up for debate. Mm, I don't know. Like, like I know, mean, Godzilla rolls. Have you had Godzilla rolls? Good lord. I don't know. So I, <laughs> I can pick a spicy tuna roll over like um, some nigiri. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all subjective. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but the fact that it's it, you know uh, a culture will take the best parts of another culture mm -hmm. and kind of make it their own. I think right. that's I think that's the core of city pop, and I think that's why people kind mm -hmm. of gravitate to it because right. it's almost like. Uh, an interpretation uh -huh. of something that they remember themselves, but in a way mm -hmm. that's like vague. Like it's 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 a beautiful thing. Like when I first listened to City Pop, uh -huh. like it, it it felt comfortable. It felt like remembering a uh -huh. past. 
that I didn't know about, like right. something uh, a past life or something. Right. And like it's hard to put it to words, and I think that's a that's a way a lot of people, uh -huh. like in the West especially, look at city pop. It's like memories from a fake life, like uh, like uh -huh. some life you had that you don't remember, but right, right, it's, right, it's right, there, right. and it, it feels good to think about it and to mm -hmm. try to remember it. Mm -hmm. That's that's what city pop to me is. Right, right. Yamashita Tatsuro-san and City Pop kind of reminds me of... I, I briefly mentioned this. To, was it today? Like, you know, like a, it kind of reminds me of Ghibli movie a little bit. Um, before Miyazaki became Miyazaki that we all know, he actually got hired by American Animation Company. And it failed miserably, but they made an anime called uh, Little Nemo. I think that was like Disney production and um, like they hired like a lot of animators from all over the world and uh, Miyazaki and Isao Takahata, the guy who directed uh, Graves of Fireflies right. and uh, Princess Kaguya um, he, some Isao Takahata and Miyazaki came to US and they got exposed to they, they were making an uh, animation movie called Little Nemo and the, the movie failed miserably, but like Miyazaki and Isao Takahata was like, there were like only two Japanese animator that was exposed to like how Hollywood were making like animation, but they took those like, you know, ideas back to mm -hmm. Japan and they, you know, later like you know, he Miyazaki-san made like Lupin the Third, and like that later he created uh, um, Nausicaa, Window Valley, and Lapita. So like you know, I I see a lot a lot of parallels. Like you know, Yamashita Tatsuro-san, he wanted to take it to a next level from Sugar Babe. So like you know, he came to U.S. and like you know studied how people made it. He took those like message back to japan now everybody's like you know following them like you know he created a blueprint of how um studio production should, should, be. should be and like yeah. you know same thing with miyazaki he kind of like you know he saw he created a little nemo with like you know guys from disney and like you know he learned like you know the the because like you know the thing that you can deny about like american music production they put more money into like you know you know the movie uh, Attack on Titans? Of course. Attack on Titans, the live action. The budget of Attack on Titans, the, the live action movie, that was like the, the movie the Japan, like it's like a high highest budgeted live action movie that was ever created in Japan. Whoa. But like, but that budget cannot even hire Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Whoa. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Like you know, like you know, you can the the money that they use to make Attack on Titans, you cannot even hire Robert Downey Jr. to like you know play a role, right? Mm, yeah, I mean, big production stuff. I think is more Western. Um, and that's another reason why I like Japanese uh, music and culture so much because they kind of put so much effort into mm. almost like it, it's almost like effortless. The way they can translate stuff from the West, like what, uh, like the city pop aesthetic. What, what do you think that when I say city pop aesthetic, what immediately comes to your mind? Style, the fashion, like do you think the, the, like when people were listening to city, like music that we call city pop in Japan, mm -hmm. were they like rich? Were what? What do you think? Like what? What was going on? Like who was listening to this music back then? Because it was all vinyl records, and it mm. wasn't like translating to the West. Like people weren't buying these records in the West, like they are today. Mm -hmm. So, who who's buying city pop records in Japan in 1980? I think it was just a uh, college kids, and because, and uh, it's you know like Plastic Love. There's a club remix version. Yeah, uh, I like. I think it was for. City Pop is kind of like a AOR mm. of, of like Japanese music. Okay. Like it's supposed to be like a supposed to be a hip music. Yeah, like Yamashita. Even back then, hip. Yeah, like you know, it's it, I mean, like it wasn't like a big hit. Like you know, Plastic Love wasn't like a big hit. 
back then, but like, you know, but they they have a club version of it. They, they they specifically made a version that was played for club music. So I think it was like, it was like a college kids, like you know, I think it's equivalent to like hipster kids mm. now. Like you know, people are savvy to music, right? But like you know, like you know, I think like. Like Matsubara Miki-san and like mm. other people were like, you know, in, had those... I think, yeah, like I think it was all over that place. Aesthetics. Yeah, aesthetics. But like, again, like, you know, when... Same thing with America, like when certain sound become hit, like, you know, they kind of milk it. So like, you know, like... It becomes it, like watered down we, almost well, because like, so many know, people try to do it. Well, like I don't want to say water it down, but like but everybody, everyone wants 90s, to be, everyone. everybody wants to be on that bandwagon, right? And by but, the end of the '90s, when city pop ended, I think at that point everyone was trying to do like city pop, and it became like disco in a way where it's like, well, everyone's trying to do it. Mm. So it just crashed right at the end of the '90s when the bubble economy kind of popped. Right. And nobody wanted to listen to city pop anymore. Is that is that true? What no, happened in like, the nineties? I, I don't think it, I don't think people shut stop listening all of a sudden like out of nowhere. I well, like you know I think it's just anything. Nothing lasts forever. Right. I think the trend started to change, and this is like you know when pop idol groups started to come out, mm, right. and like it um, towards the end. Um, Tetsuya Komuro started making more techno influence, mm. Eurobeat but, influence. But, but do you think the, the end of the bubble economy, the, econ the economic crash affected it? it? Like, was that like a huge marker between the music trends, like uh, the translation of music between the 80s and 90s when like hip hop and Shibuya K started becoming like more prevalent and like the city pop like aesthetic and sound sort of dying? I don't think it died because people still use like use same synthesizers and drum machine that was used in the city pop i think people's focus started to shift towards more like you know your b techno stuff it's i think people just got bored right. and i think because of the introduction of city pop, like you know, a lot of subgenre got created, and like you know, again, like you know, there's no one genre that stays in like you know, like stays in the scene forever. Like you know, that never happened. Like, exactly. If you, if you listen, if you look at the history of music, there's no like, there's no one genre that sticked and stayed there forever. Well, I, I will disagree. I think house music will. Be forever. <laughs> house music is the one genre. It's gonna be forever because <laughs> yeah, well, there'll be different subgenres. Uh, but house music is always gonna be a thing. Like it's been a thing since 1987 or whenever like the first like or yeah, something. like well, house music is always gonna be like a founding like thing. And it, but like you know, but like on. you know, if if you look at the pop chart, like you know, like you, you don't like you know the house music. Like Calvin Harris had a track with Dua Lipa a couple years ago that hit the chart, but like you know that went down and like you know more trap influence or like you know right. other influence like actually that variants. Was, yeah, like, you know, so it like, always you know, like diverges like, you know, into yeah, like, other you know, things. Like, you know, like was it you that were saying like it's it's kind of like a sine wave? Yeah, like, it's like a pendulum almost, like yeah. where something always switches back. Where I think. City pop mm -hmm. right now, it's such an important thing, and so many yeah. people are like gaining interest in it. And like, we have a more like expansive view uh -huh. of music history because a lot of people who were big into music history didn't know about Tatsuro Yamashita mm -hmm. and Mario Takeuchi and mm -hmm. Juko Hashi, Toshiki mm -hmm. Matsu. Mm -hmm. But now we have this more like uh, almost complete view of music and music history mm -hmm. that we're like seeing in Japan. And uh, it was such an important part. Mm -hmm. So now we can almost all move into the future of music with this broader understanding of, hey, you know what? Japan was also doing this interesting sound. Mm -hmm. And that I think is gonna be like the future of Western music mm -hmm. and the future of, you know, Eastern music too. I think we're all gonna eventually start to meld our genres and our styles and uh, mm. i think that's this is the way forward and city pop and learning about city pop and talking about city pop is 
it's almost like critical to music and music evolution and what we're doing i think is really important mm. and i'm so glad that i'm doing it here with you yeah me too like you know i i, I love studying history of music i wish like you know working at a like a education sector like you know I, like i i feel like it's really important to study history um i mean like you know other fields like you know politics they always study history <laughs> and like right even science they go back to like you know what people used to do and stuff so like i, I think it's really important to study history mm -hmm. uh like was it napoleon like in order to kind of make the revolution happen you need to know what was happening in exactly the past. So, so like you know if you want to really create something original you need to know what was happened in the past and like you know right. make sure that like you know what, what you're doing is original exactly because like do you, do you know the band uh greta van fleet oh yeah of course you They're know really like cool. you know they, they have that really old school like, like a lot of people compared them to uh led zeppelin mm -hmm. yeah and and a lot of younger generation were like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, who's Led Zeppelin? Nobody cares about Led Zeppelin. Like a lot of younger kids right. didn't. They like, disregard. They, 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 well, yeah, they, they, they like, were really defensive. They, they were like, they were, they were really, really defensive about Greta Van Fleet. But I'm like, no, like, you know, actually listen to like Led Zeppelin. They actually sonically right. sound like, you know, like Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, some people get a little bit defensive about these things like you know Greta Van Fleet was sort of kind of like a little bit defensive when people criticize them they're like you know they sound like Led Zeppelin I'm like mm -hmm. I mean you have to pay tribute to the past right and you have to credit the people who created the sound that you're building on because uh, nothing in music is completely original everything is variation mm -hmm. of the past nothing in this planet is like completely original <laughs> that's like, so true yeah all right. Well, I mean, uh, we talked so much today, and uh, we still have so much more to talk about. Right. And our next episode it was is going to be all about Tatsuro Yamashita. Yeah, let's talk about, be, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like, I, I've been finding a lot of cool articles that I, I cannot wait oh, to introduce. Yeah. Like that's in, all we're going to talk about, Tatsuro. Uh -huh. I mean, there's so many albums. His whole discography is right. so amazing, and uh, I can't wait to discuss that with you. And, um, I mean, that I guess that brings us to... Uh -huh. Uh, the end of tonight, unfortunately, because I mean, we could just talk for hours, right? Like, and we probably will after this, you know, we'll yeah, have some drinks we, we and talk. <laughs> and Murasaki, like you come if you ever come to Chicago, come to Murasaki Sake Lounge. Um, it's on Ontario Street, it's an amazing bar. The service is 211 amazing. East Ontario Street, 211 East Ontario <laughs> Street. Come here, you know, uh, say that you heard by like an hour uh -huh. and you'll maybe get a discount. Who knows, <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Yeah, any any thoughts about uh, uh, our our end theme? You know, our end theme is by Mika-san. Mika-san, Mika Bridgebook, who is an amazing Japanese singer mm. in Philadelphia, which is her band. Uh, they actually contributed the end theme, which is uh, Mirai, which means future. Yeah, Mirai Future. It's it's a beautiful song, and they contributed just for our. You know, I mean, it, it's their music. They uh, created it, but they they gave it. They let us, they borrow, they let us borrow it so that we could have it for our end theme. And so we're going to leave you. Any last thoughts? I don't know. I'm just excited to, to like, you know, continue this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a great talk and I'm sure um, everyone's you know, going to want to hear more. And we're going to have so much to say. Yeah. But thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to leave it to my host, my co-host, Yuki. Uh, lead us out. Oh, no. <laughs> you can put me on the spot. Uh, well, like, you know, well, thanks for thanks for listening to Mayonaka Hour. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Thank you. Sayonara.